What's up everybody, my name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. So what's up everybody, welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, y'all know me Sid, what's going on Reg? Sid, how you doing man, doing great bro. Everything good, bruh. So here we are. We finally reached the end of the NFL season. It, it definitely seems like it flew by, honestly. Our New Orleans Saints ended up taking on the Carolina Panthers um, in a game that meant a lot for us uh, when it comes to getting the number one seed, but not too much to them. So uh, what is it that you saw from that game? Uh, going in, I didn't expect much from Carolina. Carolina have been struggling with a lot of issues offensively and defensively all year. So I didn't, I knew it wasn't going to get any better week 17 against one of the better teams uh, in football. Uh, so I thought they would have a couple, they'll take a couple shots with their receivers downfield, move the ball and, you know, make it, um, I wouldn't say make it a close game, but just make it seem as if they were better than what they showed seven points. Um, yeah, but but that wasn't even the case. They really struggled, and I had no idea they were gonna pull. You know, well Teddy would get hurt, and they would just play their backup quarterback and some of the rest of their backup guys in skill positions, which caused the game to get ugly. And at one point, it seemed like we wasn't even trying, and we still was scoring. So yeah. to me, it just was a a great New Orleans Saints team, a team that obviously made the playoffs, uh, finished second overall in the NFC versus a team that only had a handful of wins this whole season. And it's pretty much played uh, played out how I, I said it would last week on the show. I figured that it wasn't going to be much of a contest. Right. Uh, I said that Drew probably wouldn't play the second half or the fourth quarter, which if he if they really didn't want him to, he wouldn't have. If he wasn't mm-hmm. yeah. the type of competitive that he was, he wouldn't have. Um, no running backs, no problem. Like this was, and once again, the Panthers. There was no reason for them to go out there and put anybody's health or anything on the line because they weren't they weren't playing for anything. So correct. They came out with the intentions of making it a game and once it got away from it once it got away from them, it got it got away from them. You know? Right. And um like you say, they were good with that. We were good with that. Um another good showing for Drew Brees coming up off that injury. So that's that's a good thing going into the playoffs. Um, but like you say, wasn't wasn't too much to take from this game. Um, the Carolina Panthers are—I don't want to say that they are a bad team, but at this point in the season, injuries have really torn that team apart. Uh, it started with Christian McCaffrey at the beginning of the season, and ever since then, people had been dropping left and right. And um, yesterday, they didn't have Mike Davis or McCaffrey, so it, it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they, they just not a bad. They, I don't want to say they're a bad team, but they they know what they have to fix going forward, yeah. and they're gonna work on that. But this this mm-hmm. was a lost season for them. Yeah. Um, and I will I will go as far as saying they are a bad team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like that they are one of the worst teams in the in the NFL. And uh, it, to me, it, I'm not even sure if it gets if it gets better soon. Because Teddy only has one more year on his contract. I think they draft a quarterback. You yeah. think they take a quarterback? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Teddy would, would like I said in the offseason, Teddy to me was the perfect uh, bridge quarterback for a number of teams. Yeah. So, I mean, that situation will work itself out. However, they got a long way to go, especially if the Saints continue to have success after if Drew Brees decide to, to walk away after this season. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely be talking about that. Uh, Later on, too. Um, so let's move into so Sunday overall. We both expressed how it was kind of disappointing. We thought very we disappointing, was, man. We thought we very disappointing. It was going to be this real intriguing week of football <sighs> yeah. because of the playoff implications that were involved, and and of course, most of the matches are divisional matchups in right. week 17 these days, right. mm-hmm. and all of that fell flat on its face. Uh, yeah. The one game that uh, really was competitive and really interesting was one that didn't matter really much at all, which was the Tennessee-Houston game. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, all the rest of the games really seemed to to fall on its face, um, including the Sunday night game. But, <laughs> but 
there were some interesting things that went on surrounding that game and throughout that game that made it worth talking about. So Sunday night, Philadelphia hosted Washington. Um, Washington, you win, you're in the playoffs, you lose, and the Giants get in. <sighs> Man. <laughs> Philly, Philly starts the game looking like they're putting themselves into a position to be competitive and actually win this football game. Yep. And it could be argued that at the point that they decided to start benching players and seeing what they had in their reserves, they still had a chance to win the game at that point. They did. Um, they had a very good chance of still winning that game. Exactly. So that's that's the confusing part of it for me. How did you see it? So I was very upset because, like the rest of the world, I'm still judging Jalen Hurts. And I feel like this was one of the games where you could put him in a situation and show the rest of the world why you have faith in him and why you chose to, you know, ride with him over Carson Wentz for the remainder of the year. So the way I looked at it, obviously Philly didn't have much to play for. They just was playing spoiler. So if they would have said, look, Hurts is our guy. We're not putting him out there. We've seen enough this year to say, we're comfortable moving forward. We're not playing him this game. That's cool. That's fine. I get it. Great. However, they decided to play him, which means we're trying to win. If you're trying to win, why not play the rest of you guys? Uh, DJ, Elshon, Jeffries, all the rest of these guys that didn't play, that were still healthy enough to play, why not still play those guys? It was a 14-17 game when Philly decided to go for it, which – I'm like, man, take the field goal. Obviously, this is going to be a close game. You yeah. take the field goal here, you could potentially come back in the late fourth quarter, kick another field goal, and win the game. But not only did he take out Hurts, he took out everybody. Yeah. And my thing is, what are we playing for? Why did we travel? You could have left us in in, in uh, street clothes like Carson Wentz was pretty much. Exactly. Or just tell us don't even come. It was bizarre. I... I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. Because even the players are, are starting to express, you know, yep. their discomfort with it. Miles Sanders was like, bro, it, it, it didn't taste it, it didn't sit well with none of us. We all wanted to play to win. The only thing that makes sense, the and I mean the only thing, is if they looked at it and said, look, sure we could win this game, but it doesn't mean anything. We're not going to the playoffs. If we win, we are drafted ninth. If we lose, we draft six. If they would have looked at it like that from beginning and didn't play anyone and said, we're going to lose, go ahead, Washington, go to the playoffs, we're going to take this six overall selection, I'm fine. To me, it just made no sense to possibly get Hurts or anybody else out there hurt and play them for a half of football. That's how I saw it. Exactly, and I and and I one hundred percent agree with that. You can't tell me that it dawned on him three quarters through the game that oh well, if we lose That's this so game, crazy. we get a better we get a better draft. So, so you do that going into the game, exactly. Yeah. So you either exactly. go into the game saying we're going to evaluate talent, or we're going to put our guys out there and win. Because right. if you're going to evaluate talent, like you say, you start Sudfield from the beginning. You start these reserves from the beginning of the game. And what was so crazy, even when he was asked about his decision after the game, he says, well, I played to win. I wanted to see something out of whatever the backup quarterback name was. And I mean, all that good stuff. Well, why pull everybody? Yeah. Why pull one of the most high, one of the highest paid corners in football, which is basically your only corner, only playing the secondary for that matter. Why pull uh, th- your offensive line, which is already a bad offensive line. They showed that those guys had in between 140 to 170 snaps together combined yeah. playing with the whole season, and that's only about two games. Yeah, And some of those guys that's involved in that starting lineup are already backups. So you're going to pull second-screen guys to, to play third- and fourth-screen guys, and you're going to tell America you was playing to win. <laughs> Man, stop it. <laughs> Yeah, and that and once again, that was that was another game that didn't live up to any of the expectations we had for week 17. Zero. But it did end up providing an interesting storyline afterwards. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so week 17's over with. Now we're looking at the playoffs. 
be, be, before we move on, I have a quick question for you. If you feel it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you keep do you keep Doug or do you move on? Personally, I think I would probably move on. Me too. After because, that, because because after that, you've caused yourself you've caused yourself the locker room. Even if you weren't, you know, winning games like that, it seemed like he still had the support and he had right. the, the, the support of the locker room. And after that, man, like you say, so many players came out saying, man, we were just as upset by the decision and confused about the decision as everybody else yep. was. So, yeah, I, I think I would move on from him at that point. Definitely agree with you. Um, so looking, looking into wild card weekend, this, this, uh, this year we have six games instead of, uh, four, we got six games instead of four. We got three each day. Um, of course, we're going to start with the Chicago bears visiting the new Orleans saints. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll go on to preview and predict every game, every other game. But, of course, that's what we're going to start. Bears-Saints. I want to say the Saints have the biggest um, – they have the biggest point spread uh, for this weekend. I think it opened at nine and a half. It might be up to I ten. And a half. Okay. Um, yeah, so they got the Saints. <laughs> they're giving the Saints ten. I mean, you know, Saints are minus ten. So um, how do you see this one playing out? So I don't know if you remember, but I want to say it was week 16. I text you and I said, I want the Bears. Yeah, yeah. I think that was week 16. I think this is the perfect team that the Saints need to play right now. Um, We need a – because we wanted the bye. If you're not going to get the bye, let's get the weakest opponent available. So – and I feel like that's that's what the Bears are uh, as of right now. You got a quarterback that's going to be playing against a pretty good defense, one of the best defenses in in football, Um, and he's not accurate. Um, You don't have to fear the the deep ball, and he don't have a a lot at the skill positions. In fact, the guys that he do have are dealing with injuries. I know it's the end of the year and everybody got nagging injuries, but some of their bigger guys that play huge roles, they have real, real deal injuries. Uh, Allen Robinson had a pretty good game against Lattimore. He's a great route runner. Allen Robinson had another pretty good year uh, for the Bears at, at the receiver position. But uh, he has a hamstring injury that uh, he went into the game with week 17. And uh, if you – I mean, just looking at him, I mean, he didn't look – he didn't look like himself. Um, uh, Mooney, they down the field threat at the receiver position. He had an ankle injury. He went out uh, week 17, and he did not return. Even on the defensive side of the ball, Roquan Smith, who's a great linebacker, uh, he went out with a dislocated elbow, what they believe. He did not return. Um, who else? Buster Scrine, who played a lot of DB outside and nickel form in the slot. Um, he missed the last three or four games with a concussion. Yeah. So this isn't the time or this isn't the team who you want to be dealing with with all of those injuries. Uh, going against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, I don't want to say this will be a, a easy a easy win because I feel like the way we're going to play is slow, right? We we're not a high pace, high tempo type team. We don't have we don't really go to the hurry up offense and all that good stuff. So yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be slow, and it's depending on what shape our running backs are in. You know, if we're getting those guys back and the whole nine. But even if if Elvin Kamara plays, Murray still banged up. Not sure if he's gonna play that saying. But even if we get Kamara, we're still going to run the ball, milk the clock, things of that nature, which in the back of my mind, the thing that's always there with our team is if we go out there and turn the ball over even one or two times with the way we play, it it can be very dangerous. I understand it's the Bears. I understand it's the Bears. But like you say, you've seen crazier things happen in the NFL. So I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, only because I have su- su- such little confidence in Mitchell uh, Trubisky, yeah. I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees have been playing great if you look at numbers, if you look at completion percentages and things of that nature. However, Drew Brees, all the last few games, he's thrown a ball or two that should have been interceptions that teams have not caught. Yeah. And 
this is not the time to be doing that, you know, because that's kind of what he's doing the playoffs. So if he can, if we can, if we can not turn the ball over, we'll be okay. And that's and that's going to be the biggest thing. And once again, we're playing a team who doesn't cause many turnovers, so that's mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely a plus. Looking at the initial injury reports, I see four people that's actually listed as out between the two teams: uh, Josh Hill, Marcus Williams. They're they're out. Uh, Buster Scrine and I think is. Uh, I think his name is Josh Johnson, another corner for yeah. mm-hmm. Chicago. He's yeah. um, And then they have about five other players who are questionable. But our mm-hmm. injury report ends with those two players who are already marked as out. So like you say, everybody has injuries this part of the season. Uh, it just matters who can who can play more through them, honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they say Michael Thomas is supposed to be up for Sunday. So we're supposed yep. to be getting him back. Um like you say, everybody else that we're worried about are people who are basically on the COVID list right now. And I think only one of them had tested positive, which was Kamara. I think mm-hmm. everybody else was considered close contact to either him or somebody else. Because I know Gardner Johnson found himself on that list as well last week. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those guys should be back. So we should basically be at full strength going into this game, maybe minus Alvin Kamara. And even minus yeah. Alvin Kamara, if we have Latavius Murray, we're fine. But see, they're saying that he's banged up too. Well, that the injury report I saw, they were saying that he's hurt as well, and that he's not 100%. They're not 100% that he's ready to go as well. Okay, yeah, and I've never seen anything about him having an injury. You know, I just saw mm-hmm. him pop up because of the COVID uh, contact tracing. So we're going to see about that. Yep. But, um, yeah, man, this, like you say, this is – this is the favorable matchup that the Saints wanted. This is, like you said, this is probably the weakest. Well, mm. you don't think so? I think this is about far the weakest NFC. But I would almost want to play them before I play Washington. Yeah, I was about to say it's out of them in Washington, and you know how I feel about Washington's defense. Um, I really like their defense. I think they have mm-hmm. a better defense than Chicago's, and I definitely trust uh, Alex and Smith more than I trust. Trubisky one, or foes, to be honest. One leg. Yep, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you, man. Alex Smith, you know, he he doesn't look like him old self. You can tell that he's still um, timid about his leg being touched. Yeah. But however, I trust Alex Smith getting rid of the ball quick, like they did Week Seventeen, more than I trust Mitch, uh, Trubisky. Hundred percent. So I definitely see this, and once again, they're already, <laughs> they're already not a deep team. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you look at defense, and you're gonna tell me that two of their corners not gonna play, um, that's yeah, that's trouble for me. And then you have uh, two of your safeties on the injury report too. Um, this matchup, even at full health, this is a game where I can look at it and be like, oh, Chicago can pull this out. So mm-hmm. even even with these injuries and the fact that we've had such a good season. Uh, even without the consistency and the fluidness of having all our players throughout the season, if you want to look at it, man, we're still this whole season has been pretty much a hot streak for us uh, mm-hmm. after the first two, three games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think we're in a good position going into the playoffs and we couldn't have gotten a better opponent. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think we're going to cover that 10 um, even if it's, you know, a late field goal that puts us over. But I don't ever see this being a game we're looking at and feeling like we got the opportunity to lose it. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So the first game on Saturday is the Indianapolis Colts traveling to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are minus six and a half in this game. Um... Looking at their injury report, I see Rockison not gonna play. That's that's big for the Colts. Rockison mm-hmm. not gonna play, and uh, Willis not gonna play. They're strong safety. Both of them mm-hmm. got concussions. That's that's tough. And Buffalo's gonna be missing Cole Beasley. Yep, um, which is pretty. That's pretty significant for Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. So how do you see this one playing out? If anybody talk football with me this year. They know how big I am on the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, besides Kansas City, the Bills have been the team that I have been bragging about. And I have been um, drawing more and more confidence 
you know, each Sunday I see them. They went through the stretch early in the year when it was just putting up points like like there was KC pretty much. Josh Allen was on another level. Then he came back down to earth, and then he woke up again. And, I mean, he's still scorching hot right now. Yeah, uh, Josh Allen has had a phenomenal year. He's uh, in the MVP race. I don't expect him to win it, but he's there. Yeah, um, He's been one of the better quarterbacks, top four, top five QB in the league. And uh, he's making it look so easy. This kid has a strong arm. He can move. Um, he can take a. He could run through a backer, pick up a first down. Um, and he has a great receiver in uh, in Diggs, who leads the lead in just about almost everything this year. Yeah. So I, I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, I still have enough faith in Buffalo. They're not as good as as last year's Buffalo's yeah. defense. However, they're still good enough to uh, get enough stops to to let Josh Allen put up points and win a ball game. The only way I see the Colts winning this game is going to come down to Jonathan Taylor uh, making some plays. Yeah. The Colts going to have to continue to have a running game like they did Week 17. Yep. He probably don't. He's not going to go for 200, nothing crazy like that. But he's going to have to be uh, effective in order to even. I feel like in order to even keep this game close. To be honest, really? I think if they, yeah, I think if they don't get nothing out of their run game, I can see Buffalo winning this game by 10. Yeah, and I see this game being closer. Um, I see this being a game where we look up in the fourth quarter and it may be a field goal or, or, or you know, a touchdown game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there being an opportunity for the coach, because for me, what it's going to come down to is, for one, like you said, the run game of the coach. Can Jonathan, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor picked up late in the season, um, and he's been rolling ever since. He, he's been He's been very solid since. And their defense has been top-notch all season. The Colts are going to go out there and they're going to play defense. That's one thing that they're for sure going to do. The difference between Josh Allen this year and last year is that somehow he's become more accurate. He's become a yeah. more accurate quarterback. Mm-hmm. The thing that hasn't left is that Brett Favre in him that has him taking more chances than what he really should be sometimes with the football. That can translate to turnovers. Mm-hmm. If the Colts can capitalize on him making some of those bad decisions of let me try to fit this in here instead of let me just throw this one in the dirt and live to to play again, then the Colts can definitely, because not only do the Colts force turnovers, they they get it in the end zone off of those forced turnovers. Mm-hmm. So if the Colts get forced turnovers, they absolutely can win this game. But I do think overall Buffalo is the better team, especially on offense. Um mm-hmm. So if they can bottle up Jonathan Taylor a good bit and force uh, Phillip Rivers to have to find the Michael Pittman and the T.Y. Hiltons uh, of the world, I think Buffalo's defense can 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 um, keep off uh, a passing attack from the Colts. Yeah, so, yeah, I do see Buffalo winning this game, and I think I think they got the point spread right. I think it'll be by a touchdown. And you know what? It's interesting that you said that. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's interesting you said that about Josh Allen because I feel like that has been the biggest uh, improvement of his game is not putting the ball in harm's way. If you look at it this year, I mean, I'm not looking at nothing in front of me, but I think yeah. he finished with about 37 touchdowns or so um, mm-hmm. and maybe 11, 12 interceptions. Yeah, I think it was just 10. I think he finished 10. with 10. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge uh, improvement to, to what he had last year. And not only that, he's accurate throwing the ball downfield. It's not mm-hmm. the five and seven yard routes. He's accurate on these 20 plus yard throws that he's making. The only concern that I have with Josh Allen is once he get in the red zone. To me, that's when he turns back into that Brett fall. Let me take this chance. Or I got the strongest arm in the lead. Let me thread this knee. Yeah. That's when he turned. That's my only concern with him is once he's in the red zone. And see, to me, watching him, <laughs> me watching him, his decision-making hasn't really improved from last year. The difference is he's become more accurate on those passes. So that, you know, that allows him to be like, oh, let me take this chance because I know I can do it now, even mm-hmm. more so than last year because I'm accurate enough. But also mm-hmm. because Stefan Diggs is going to make a play on that ball because mm-hmm. a lot of it is to him. 129 yeah. receptions this year. Let me just mm-hmm. get it out there to Stefan Diggs. He's going to come down with it. You know? And you know, and you know what? We talk about Josh Allen. Because that's what this whole MVP with the quarterbacks are all about. People looking at yards and touchdowns yeah. and all that. 
But what I like about Josh Allen is he's done all this and he's been pulled out of two or three games this this uh this yeah. year. Even the fourth quarter, I don't think he played none of the fourth quarter. I don't think he played after halftime. I don't think he can't he started the game at halftime because they were up twenty eight. Talking about Sunday? Yeah. He didn't play. He didn't play. He didn't at all. He he, played, played. he he started the game at wide receiver. So the loss wouldn't go on his quarterback record just in case they lost. He started the game at wide receiver. He didn't play Sunday. Matt Barkley started and ran that whole game. Maybe I'm thinking about week 16. Yeah, Matt Barkley ran the whole game Sunday. Hmm, okay. You got me about to look this up. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not tripping. Now, yeah, like I, I, yeah no, I think you're wrong because he threw that touchdown on the pass. On the oh, passing right. period. He, he yeah. I'm about yeah, to say, yeah, because yeah. I was texting Herm. He threw two touchdowns in the first quarter. And then the, I, the, uh, McKenzie to McKenzie. Then McKenzie got the kick return to make it 21 to 7 or 21. Yeah, 21 yeah. 7. Yeah, and he didn't suit up after halftime. Because I knew for sure that he started the game at wide receiver, though. Like, so the, so the yeah. loss would go on his record if it went that way. I, uh-huh. I was about to say, man. Well, you had me going for a quick second. <laughs> but yeah, so we both got the bills there. Yeah, so definitely. Right now, we we on the same we on the same uh, path there. So and, the second game of Saturday would be the Rams and the Seahawks. <sighs> Another I, week where we got to sit here and discuss an NFC West that is I'm not so falling for it. <laughs> I'm not falling for it. I'm not getting hyped up. Because on paper, this looked like such a good game. I'm not falling for it, bro. I don't think there's been a good NFC West game this season. Nope. Like a division game, I don't think. Because this game can go either way. Yep. So, um, Seahawks are minus four. Mm-hmm. They're minus four? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Like they should be. Um, first of all, is golf playing? I'm more than sure golf is going to play. He's no. not. He's they, not? They say oh. he's not because it's only 12 days away since his surgery. They're saying it'll it'll it's most likely gonna be the backup again this week. Ooh. Yeah. It's hard to go against it's hard to go against Seattle then. I still think it's gonna be a slow, ugly game. Of it's course. Just, yeah, it's just you got to pick it. Are you gonna lay your head on a on a good defense or are you gonna lay your head on one of the best quarterbacks in football? Yeah. And um I mean I have no choice but to go with Russell Wilson in this one. They're home. Um the Rams offense i mean they're good but they don't scare anybody and that's even seattle having a bad defense yeah but um and then once take, again if there's no jerry golf then yeah. that makes it yeah yeah i i could take i'll go ahead and take the hawks uh, minus the four minus the four because if russell wilson do come out and he put up 10 quick points and we're looking at a 10 nothing ball game um and this backup quarterback is playing from from behind then it's just going to make it that much harder for him to even, you know, because half of the game plan that they're going to put in for him is out the window. Yeah. Once you go down 10, 14 points or whatever. So unless the Rams defense is – and Ramsey, we both have loved Jalen Ramsey since he got in the NFL. This year he's been lights out, best corner in football. But I don't even – I wouldn't even throw the ball his way. Like, I'm going to be – I'm going everywhere. Yeah. Him, you know, now – I feel like if he's going to be matched up on DK, they still have to take their shots deep with DK. I just feel like DK, I, I don't want to say it's that good right, right now, but he's that big and he's that fast and he's that athletic. That yeah. If he's downfield, 40, 50 yards downfield, you have to give him a chance for, for a ball. Um, and I disagree. Than, I disagree. I like, I like what you said at first. Just stay away from Jalen Ramsey. And my main reason for that is, because I think I've said this to you earlier this season, I still feel like at this point, Tyler Lockett is still the better wide receiver on the team. He's still the best wide receiver to me at this point. So even if DK Metcalf is being taken out of the game, I feel like your best wide receiver is still, you know, being matched up by what, whoever. And, and you know what? You're right. I, I can go with Tyler Lockett being – uh, overall better or just as good as receiver as DK right now. I can take that. However, DK has something that Lockett doesn't have. And it's not that Lockett is slow. It's just that DK is just that gifted. He's that he's that athletic that once the ball is in his hand and he's in open space, it's a touchdown. So what I'm saying is if it's a tight ball game or whatever the case is, a back and forth ball game, 
Yeah, you got to give DK. You got to give him a shot, man. Even if if Jalen Ramsey's on him. Now, if we if we up ten, we up thirteen, whatever, whatever. Even up seven. I mean, cool, stay away from him. But yeah, yeah if 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 it's a ball game and we're going back and forth, and I got that guy downfield, I'm taking. Because I think even uh, I think it was the first game he drew a big flag on on Jan, on Jalen Ramsey downfield for like 40, 50 yards downfield yeah. the first time they played this year. And like, and my point is just that the rest of their receiving core is good enough to where if you actually wanted to just okay, we just going to avoid Jalen Ramsey all game to mm-hmm. be to, to be comfortable enough to do that, yeah. especially with how we talked about earlier how well he's performed against mm-hmm. the best wide receivers in the game this year. Right, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead and get your money elsewhere because you can. Yeah, I think. Um... I think BK and I'm, you know, I'm a, a stat guru. <laughs> yeah, I think BK finished with 88 catches, 1400 yards, and about eight or ten touchdowns. And ain't yeah. none of that come on. Ain't much of exactly. much of that didn't come on Jalen Ramsey when they exactly. played this time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and Seattle, Seattle dealt with a good amount of injuries early on in the season too, and they've yep. been able to get pretty healthy towards the yep. end here. So getting mm-hmm. Chris Carson back, Greg Olsen back yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Like those guys, yeah, I, I think Seattle's going to be able to pull that out. And like you say, I'm yeah, I, it's going to be by more than the four, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this the next the, game oh, – um, oh, you got something else about this one? No, you good. You good. Okay. I was just going to move on to the next game of the day, uh, which will be the final game of the day. Uh-huh. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Washington. Um, Saturday. Uh, I don't have the spread in front of me, but I'm more than sure Tampa is probably what minus six. I got eight I and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah, I would have went minus six, minus six and a half. Um, it's hard to say that they don't cover. It's hard for me to say that that Tampa don't cover. It's hard. <laughs> uh, watching Washington against Philly, a team that don't have much. Mm-hmm. It was clear the only time they offense looked even halfway decent was when Alex Smith got rid of the ball within two seconds. Yeah. Our DBs and our backers don't have fur to go. They don't have much to worry about if you're only getting rid of the ball in two seconds. I think that's going to actually help Tampa because the, the weakness of Tampa defense is their secondary. Uh, when you do take four seconds or so to throw the ball. Um, but if they're going to come out and get rid of the ball that fast and keep everything in front of, in front of Tampa Bay's defense, I think that actually plays into Tampa's, Tampa's uh, defensive hands. So um, Tom Brady, unless – and I know Washington front seven is ridiculously good. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't even say they're underrated at this point. I think the world, if you yeah, follow football, you know how good – yeah, you know how good this front seven can be. However, we know what happens when you continually give Tom Brady more and more chances with the ball. I don't care how good your defense start off or, or is, if your offense can't put up points and we just keep giving Brady the ball, mm-hmm. he's going to figure it out sooner or later. Um, so I, I would go with Tampa Bay. Um, they have just – their run game is good enough. We all know about their receivers. Of course, they probably be without uh, Mike, Ev- Mike Evans. Yeah, uh, but but I think in the course of four quarters, I can see them covering covering this game. And I'm going to take Tampa Bay as well. I'm not I'm not taking them on the points though. I think eight okay. and a half eight and a half is too much for me to be comfortable with. When the wow. only reason, to be honest with you, because the only reason I'm taking them is because Alex Smith is Washington's quarterback. If they had any slightly better quarterback. I would probably take Washington in this game. Tampa Bay is so inconsistent. What's Mm -hmm. up? The skill position. So you you saying Alex Smith is your concern, but what about the the lack of receivers that Washington have too to threaten Tampa's secondary? Well, if McLaurin is going to play, McLaurin has had an amazing season. I haven't seen that he's been out. Yeah, I thought he's out. Didn't he play Saturday? Oh, Sunday. Sunday, but he was hurt. And he went out of that ball game. Yeah. So if he's out, then yeah, then we got something else to, to to talk about because then their best receiving option is uh, Logan Thomas, no, who has had a decent season as well. Yeah, he really has. Especially he's not somebody one, yeah. you can really depend to really carry a load like that. Then mm-hmm. the then the X factor for Washington becomes Antonio Gibson if mm-hmm. he's going to play. 
and how much he can give them. Yeah. Um, but once again, I like I said, Tampa Bay has been so inconsistent this season that I see this being a game where Washington is able to stick around because Tampa Bay, for some reason, doesn't catch fire until late third quarter, fourth, mm-hmm. early fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to, you know, really put some separation in between them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think early on this is going to be a, a low-scoring game, but a good game because of the matchup between that Washington defense and that Tampa Bay offense. But like mm-hmm. you said, the fact that Washington's offense may not be able to produce enough points, that's going to be the reason Tampa Bay is going to be able to take off on them. Yeah, and what's so crazy is out of all the games that take place Saturday with the point spreads, this is one that I am most comfortable taking at seven or eight points just because the lack of from Washington. Even if everyone was healthy from Washington, I just don't like the fact that they feel like they have to get rid of the ball from Alex Smith that fast. Oh, that's I mean, something I wanted to touch on, too. Because um, you uh, you referred to Sunday, that being a game plan, which, of course, it does because of how that Philly defensive line can be. But once again, we've seen times of Tampa Bay's uh, defensive line this year not being able to get any pressure. For a oh, half yeah. A lot, a, I was about to say, a lot of games we've so, seen them not get so, pressure. So they, they might actually go into this game with a game plan of, look, Alex Smith, you're going to have time. Look to know, find somebody. Because once again, this is a secondary that also isn't good. See it every time that man threw the ball, he raised that right leg up, bro. I don't know. He just looks so uncertain about somebody touching that leg, man. Like I'm telling y'all, if you go back and really look at his throws, and that's I mean, because he, and that's because he ended up hurting it again a few weeks ago. So you just gotta, I don't know. Like I say, I think I think the fear of Philly's defensive line. Is one way stronger of the Tampa Bay defensive line that they're going to see. And he might be way more comfortable with holding on to the ball a little longer. I hope so. Yeah, to, I hope so, man. To figure it out. Okay. Uh, Sunday's first game uh, would be what I think would be a good game, which is um, the Ravens and Titans. Man, uh, it's so much for me to talk about this game simply because – the Ravens, a lot of people might know, might not know, but the Ravens, um, you're not supposed to have two favorite teams, but <laughs> some of their favorite players have played, some of my favorite players have played for the Ravens, which make me quietly root for the Ravens in the yeah. AFC. Um, and last year, they were taken out of the playoffs by the Titans, who caught, who caught fire. And the Titans and the Ravens was two of the most interesting teams for me in this offseason, I was glued in to see what they were going to do because I felt like both teams were so close to uh, making it to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm super excited. I'm happy that this game is at 12 o'clock. I'm going to have everything squared away by 11.15 on Sunday to make sure I'm in front of the TV. But how do you see this one playing out? So, um, my one, honestly, I'd probably say my second favorite player in the league right now is probably Derrick Henry. And it's been I, like that. I remember you was yeah. I was about to say you was big on on Henry coming into the league, and he's honestly that's the difference between these two teams. <laughs> like this is one of those games where you know in basketball we look at it a lot and say, look, well the Lakers got LeBron and this other team don't. That's how mm-hmm. I feel about Derrick Henry going into the okay. match. Tennessee has Derrick Henry, Baltimore doesn't. We okay. talk about. The lack of size Baltimore has in their linebacking core, <sighs> but, so but they make up for it in speed. The speed not going to help you here with Derrick Henry. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill has been on a tear. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, the past two seasons, like yeah, I can't even quietly just, though. Yeah, quietly. people don't 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 they don't say nothing about it. And then when you call his name out, his numbers is so much better than what people are used to them being. They go, but it's Ryan Tannehill. I'm like, bro. <laughs> Have you seen what he's been doing since and, Tennessee has got him? And and he's doing it through the air and on the ground. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then a receiver that you're really big on, A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. And then a receiver that I've been big on, Corey Davis. Like, they have the weapons. They have so many weapons on offense. And you know that their defense is going to show up as well. I feel like Baltimore, <laughs> um, like I say, that, that, that linebacker core is just too small. Yeah. <laughs> That linebacker core is just too small, and I think Tennessee will be able to come up with more stops than they will. 
Yeah. So I think the I think the Titans have uh, certain players on defense that play well almost every week. But I think collectively the Titans defense have um, have taken a step back these last couple weeks. They've mm. been giving up a lot of points and a lot of yards these last couple weeks to the point where, to be honest, I don't even trust Tennessee defense because, for one, they don't have a pass rush. And for two, they don't do they don't stop the run. So that's I mean, those two things don't go together. The only thing that helps them in this situation is I don't see Lamar Jackson going out there Sunday and throwing the ball all over the field. Yeah, um, that, that's the only thing that that gives me any confidence in Tennessee's defense this Sunday. And and to me is. It's crazy because last year when they met up in the playoffs, I want to say mm. Tennessee ended up winning the game 28 to 12. Mm-hmm. But that's a game where Lamar Jackson went out and threw for 300 yards and then added another 100 on the ground and lost 28 to 12. Because like, he turned it over two or three times. And I feel like that's going to be the case. Tennessee ends this season still leading the league in turnover differential for mm-hmm. another year. And like you said, that's without a pass rush. Right. Um, the receivers that, that Baltimore have, none of them are special. We, we figured Hollywood Brown would be, but – Something, I don't know if it's the connection between him and Lamar Jackson or what, but he doesn't even seem to get as many chances as he, he don't for real. And he definitely is not getting as much as he wants. He's voiced yep. that part. Yep. So once again, it comes down to it's Mark Andrews or nothing. And mm-hmm. it is either it's Lamar Jackson being able to run the football or nothing. Like I'm yep, looking at it, finished, man. They finished yep. 32nd in pass yards this year. So. Yep. <laughs> And then you, you never it. know which one of their running backs are one for one going to be available, and then yep. for two, which one is going Probably to actually going to. show up. So I'm gonna say if they're gonna even do something. Yep, you're right, man. So it's hard for me to not take Tennessee. I, I'm I'm honestly <laughs> shocked that Baltimore is minus three. Uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah. And I think the only reason why you said who Baltimore is Baltimore minus three minus three. Yeah. Wow. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah, and the, the only thing I can say is because Tennessee defense is, has been that bad lately, man. But yeah. um, and we spoke about we touched on Ryan Tannehill's uh, his brilliancy since playing for Tennessee, but it all starts with Derrick Henry. Everything yep. that he does comes off of Derrick Henry. So if you're going to allow Derrick Henry to even be somewhat effective, I'm not talking about busting fifty and sixty yard. Yeah runs and stiff arm and everybody. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about if you're going to allow him to average four yards a carry, Ryan yep. Tannehill is going to be pretty good. It's yep. just that simple, you know? So, uh, and Lamar Jackson, he's not, I mean, he has yet to win a playoff game, you know? So it's hard for me to, to say this is going to be the game. Sure, your team can't stop the run. Sure, your team, you know, you, you don't throw the ball all, all over the field, but this is going to be the game you win. I, I just... I have too much respect for Tennessee for uh, for their coaching staff and you know for what they do almost each Sunday to to take Baltimore over Tennessee right here. Exactly, and this is this is the second half of the season into the playoffs is when Derrick Henry is at his best. Mm-hmm. He builds yep. up the later the from better. game to yep. game. Yeah, the later it is in the season, the harder he runs. And yeah, I just I, think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I'm listening to you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I just think that. It, He's the difference. Like I say, Tennessee has Derrick Henry, Baltimore doesn't. And that's gonna be that's gonna be the difference. I will say this right quick. One interesting thing about the Ravens, they were very active in the offseason. They signed everybody who has a history uh at stopping the run. Every mm-hmm. defensive player that they signed was to stop the run. They geared their whole offseason around beating the Tennessee Titans, and I love that. Uh, me and Herm spoke about it when it first happened. And I was like, look, just because they signed all these guys, this isn't basketball. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work like that. Like, no, they got to play. They got to jail. They got to understand they all have to be on one accord in order to be able to stop the run, especially the way that Tennessee runs the ball. So uh-huh. it's going to be interesting to see um, the intensity that the Ravens defense come out with. Because like I said, everybody who they got was brought in for one thing, and that's to stop the run. So I'm looking forward to that one. And then, of course, the second game on Sunday we already touched, which is Chicago Bears against us. Yep. And then the late game, uh, will, which I think will probably – this is the game I'm most, for looking, uh, most looking forward to this weekend okay. is the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Uh, Pittsburgh is minus six uh, going into this game. And, of course, they just played. Yeah. And, of course, they just played last week uh, minus, you know, Big Ben. Um, so what you what you looking at in this one? You know, it's crazy because this this is one of those games that I would have thought Pittsburgh would make, be plus one, plus two, mm-hmm. maybe three at the most, but six? Yeah. That seems to be a to be a lot. And I understand a lot of people still don't have faith in, in Baker Mayfield. Um, Cleveland starts and ends on, on running the football. Yeah. Um, to me, it seemed like their defense have not been as good as they were last year. But oh. Miles Garrett was my defensive player of the year until he got yeah. COVID. To me, he just never uh, recovered fully from that. And the secondary has been depleted since week one. It, it yeah. has. It really has. Um but Pittsburgh has had their issues too on, on offense. Yeah. Um, we spoke about their uh, inability to run the football consistently, and the world know how bad their receivers are with drops and you yeah. know everything else. So, woo, this is a tough one. I ain't gonna lie. This is probably the the toughest one to pull. And then, of course, can... earlier we got the news about the coaches getting COVID. The coaches so they're out for, for Cleveland. Yeah. But I'm I'm saying even starting Garner is yeah, out. Yeah. Even with the guard start, even with the four coaches staff, because yeah, they they all they got the coach. Some of the coaches got got COVID, won't be available, and we know the head coach won't be there. Um, but even if they were, I would still take Pittsburgh simply okay. because experience. Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to be a pretty game for either club, but mm-hmm. I think Pittsburgh have enough to uh, to get it done um, and win. I would take Pittsburgh by one or two, no more than three, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't have them covering the spread. And what? This is going to be the first one we've gone opposite of. I'm going to take Cleveland. I'm going to take Cleveland in this game. I, you know how? Well, you know how everybody feels about this <laughs> run game with Nick Chubb and yeah. Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baker Mayfield. I don't care what anybody say. Baker Mayfield has looked so much better ever since Odell Beckham got hurt. Which is such mm-hmm. a weird thing. <laughs> it's such a yeah. weird thing, and I don't know exactly, you know, what lends to that. But he's looked like a completely different quarterback ever since Odell Beckham got hurt. They have the weapons, like you say, they have one of the best pass rushers on the on defense, um, and they're going up against rec- Pittsburgh receivers. Don't get us wrong; Pittsburgh receivers are good. Those are good receivers. Chase mm-hmm. Claypool can get ahead of you in a second. Uh, Juju Smith, uh, he's becoming one of the best route runners, honestly. It's just, will they hold on to the football? Will Mm -hmm. they hold on to the football when they run it? And then there's there's no threat of worrying about Pittsburgh running the football. So that makes them so one dimensional. And do I believe in Big Ben sitting back and throwing the football 40 times in January and being able to beat a team? Maybe. He can maybe do it. I just can't count on that right now. I think yeah. I think Cleveland is going to have success running the football, even though Pittsburgh has been decent against it throughout this year. Um, I think I think Cleveland will be successful running the football, and I think there'll be chances for them to take shots that they will actually be able to succeed on. I don't okay. I don't see them winning by much, honestly. Like I said, I can see it yeah. being a three point game, but yeah. I think I think Cleveland pulls it out. And you know what? I can't complete. I, Although I have Pittsburgh winning, mm-hmm. I, I'm not super. I'm not super um, surprised by you picking Cleveland for the simple fact I have Pittsburgh winning, but I don't have them covering. Yeah, and I think you said the spread is only what three. They're minus six. Pittsburgh is oh, minus, minus six. six. Yeah, see, I have them winning by no more than three. Yeah, like at the most. So yeah, I got Pittsburgh, but it's not not by much. So that's just one that uh, you know, it's just enough variables there for us to feel differently on. I can respect exactly. that. Yeah. And that's- and that's the only one we feel differently about when it yeah. comes out to the straight-out winner this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it for the Wild Card Weekend. Did you want to talk anything about the coach carousel that's begun? Uh, starting? I want to say starting Sunday, but it really seemed like it started yeah. that Friday. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, got a, they got a lot of coaches out there. Right now, I'm not, I'm not surprised that nobody got fired. I'm more waiting to see who gets hired. More than who gets fired, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm good as of right now. What what you got about for coaches? Um, the only thing that has shocked me thus far is 
Urban Meyer being a serious candidate and then looking like he actually going to step into that position um, in Jacksonville. Um, but everything else, I, 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 I think it was on par. We talked about it being about six or seven vacancies uh, mm-hmm. after this season. And the only one that I saw uh, that I was like, uh, maybe that's, that's going to be one uh, was Minnesota. And Minnesota decided to keep riding with Zimmer. But everybody mm-hmm. else, me and you talked about it and saw them yeah. being, you know, being let go. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this. What do you think is the best opening right now? I was I was thinking about that in my head. But I, what all teams are, are open as of right now? So I know we, you got the Jags. Yeah. You have the Jets. The Jets. Detroit. The Falcons. The Lions. Falcons, the the Lions, Texans. The Texans. The Chargers. Chargers. And I want to say that's it. It's those I would six. definitely, I would definitely go Chargers. Agreed. <laughs> um, and it's to me, it's not even close. Simply because you have something in skill positions already. Um, they definitely need to fix their O line. Uh, they can use a little bit more depth overall. But knowing you have a, a quarterback with a bright future, a kid with a strong arm who can move, uh, and even with a bad O line, look what he done. I mean, yeah. he, I think he only won five or six games, but a lot of games they lost. I want to say three or four of them but was by um, seven points or, or less. I think it's so, more than yeah. So, uh, I mean, he definitely has a bright future. And um, even – and that's what I was talking about, about coaches. Uh, I'm more excited to see what coaches get a, get a chance to coach, mm-hmm. uh, get yeah. a job. The better coaches, I just want to see them step into a situation where they have something in the cover. They're not taking over a team that's completely empty. Exactly. So I will go Chargers, and then after Chargers, I will probably take the Texans, simply because I believe in Deshaun Watson so much that I feel like if he gets a defense and somewhat of an offensive scheme, not players, yeah, actual scheme, where we, we know what we're doing. We have a, a running back or a group of running backs that we can count on to average 80 to 90 yards a game and things of that nature. Yeah. I believe I believe in Deshaun that much. So I'm going to go the Chargers job or the the, the, the Chargers uh, team, and then I'll go with the Texans. And then we're 100% we're on the same page when it comes to the Chargers, but my second one would be the Falcons. I um, feel like our division too good. The Houston, Drew Brees retiring, we're in cap hell going into okay. next season. And mm-hmm. so you're looking at it as, okay, well, Tampa Bay, if, if Tampa Bay is the measuring stick, that could be met going into next season. Okay. In my opinion but, on that. I got you. That makes sense. The only thing about Atlanta, which you know how I feel about them, I feel like they need the clean house, which means it's not just the coach. I feel like it's also the players. See, um, yeah, and we feel yeah. differently about that. I think it's a culture change that's needed in Atlanta, uh, not necessarily a player thing. Because like I say, the majority of their – uh, the majority of their best players are still young. They're real young mm-hmm. players. That if you mm-hmm. give them a culture change, if you give them uh, a better scheme to execute, they'll be able to do so. And, of course, avoid injuries going forward. Mm-hmm. These past two years have been horrible for them injury-wise. Um, the, mm-hmm. thing I got, the thing I have against Houston is their lack of draft picks. Like I yeah. said, no mm-hmm. first-rounder, no second-rounder. Um, you're going to have to make a decision on J.J. White. I think they've given up draft picks even for next year at this point as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not a quick turnaround. Like I say, you say you want one of these coaches who we think will really be a good coach being put in a good situation. But in this situation, outside of Deshaun Watson, there isn't much good that's going to be immediate for a coach yeah. to work with in Houston. <clears throat> and see, I think he's so good that it wouldn't take much. What I think Houston, Houston was so bad to me. They were one of the worst teams. And I think they only won five games or so, but they were so bad. But they play hard. It's a difference. Yeah. We just have lack of players. When you look at Atlanta, having it's five these leagues. They have the yeah, players you know, that play hard. Yeah. Right. And I'm saying to the to the point where it's it's laughable. This season was laughable for the Falcons. I mean, you had mm-hmm. the uh, the DE crying to get out. What's his name? McKinley was crying to get yeah. out and, and all this good stuff get traded and – um, like I said, they, they had so many uh, four-quarter letdowns and teams yep. coming back. Tampa Bay just this weekend. Uh, I, it, man, that's players. Like Just like Dallas. I have Dallas in the same situation. It's not a coach. 
it's the players as well. They need yeah, a better coach. And I feel like those situations are different. I feel like yeah. those situations are different. Um, because even in Dallas, on the offensive side of the ball, the players are there. It's the defense that's really that's really killing Dallas. Um, but like I say, in Atlanta, the players are there. Injuries have played a part. Like I say, that culture just wasn't the same after letting down that Super Bowl, which sucks. We, like you hate to say it that you know mm-hmm. you get a. a I want to say that was his first year coaching that team, and mm-hmm. they ended up taking him to the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. he reached his peak early, and then that was it. You know. Yeah. So I really think the culture change there will be able to to shift what it is they have going on, they even in a, uh, a strong NFC South. They're going to need a hell of a coach because you know how I feel about uh, about Kyle. I feel like wherever Kyle goes success is going to follow him. Obviously, he left Atlanta, went to San Francisco, and they went to the Super Bowl. I just believe in his system. Like you said, yeah. every every good free agent quarterback, I say, need to go well. <laughs> That's how much I believe in that man, bro. So I – Coaching can fix Atlanta. I'm, mm. It got to be a hell of a coach, but they can fix Atlanta. But I also think they need to clean house because the players there, they're not win. They're not winners. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. I I think they get the best coach honestly because, like I say, outside of the Chargers, I do think they have the best. You know, they have mm-hmm. the best situation Overall, set up there. Yeah. So if they can mess around and get Eric B and me to to buy into what they have there, I think that definitely puts them on the right track. Okay. Uh, before we end, I had a few uh, quick hitter questions for you, just getting your okay. opinions. Uh, first, we're going to go defensive player of the year. Who you have for defensive player of the year? I feel like T.J. Watt is a sure thing for it. I feel yeah. like, yeah, and that, that's my choice. I feel like yeah. um, if any corner, I don't care how many in this, he could have had 20. I feel like if a corner is going to get it, it was going to be Jalen Ramsey this year. He's just been that brilliant. But T.J. Watt, to me, is the runaway defensive player of the year. Like yeah. I said, I had Miles Garrett. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say entering week 13, 14, right before he, he came down with COVID. Yeah. But uh, TJ Watt, if you look at, forget numbers, if you just look at what he brings and what he means to that team, him making plays every single game and when they need him the most, he show up. And that's what everybody else going down for Pittsburgh. He was still able to anchor that defense long enough uh, to, for them to have one of the better defenses uh, in the lead and win a bunch of games. So my, my pick, I'm going uh, TJ Watt. Uh, my next will be coach of the year. Who you got? Coach of the year. I want to. Mm, ah, I'm gonna go Brian Flores. I'm gonna okay. go Brian Flores. I really like what he was able. First of all, I like. I feel like he should have been a contention for it last year, even though they only won a handful of games mm-hmm. when they were expected to go 0 16 last year. Mm-hmm. And then he turned around this year and has. Uh, a winning season, a 10-game winning season, and last game of the year, you're in a position to uh, to make the playoffs. Okay. And on top of that, we've talked about it before, how he wasn't afraid to go with the better hand, trying to bring along a rookie quarterback, but also throwing in that bridge quarterback because of the maturity and the, the wisdom that that quarterback has that could give him something different. And that's mm-hmm. hard to do to shake, a, to be willing to shake a rookie quarterback's confidence in order yeah. to make sure you're still winning games. So I, I definitely think he did a great job with that. So he was my second selection. And you might look at me a little crazy on this one, who my coach of the year is, but uh, I'm going Andy Reid. Uh, I, I think when it comes to Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, we have already come accustomed to their greatness and we take it for granted. Yeah. And um, I, I just don't think people realize what he was able to do this year with his team. Uh, a team, a, a, a year where COVID's going on and, you know, everybody's in and out. You may have this guy this week. You don't have him this week. Yeah. All the uncertainties floating around the NFL because they have to deal with COVID as well. Yeah. You're the defending champs, the targets on your back, and you come out and really lose one game. I mean, they lost two, but, I mean, no yeah. thought is played week 17. So, you lo- even if you want to say you lose two games, um, that's phenomenal. That's yeah. phenomenal to do this this year. Uh, if they had Pat Mahomes, I'm sure they would have won week 17. If you have Pat, uh, and I won't speak about Pat. I'll I hold off on him. But uh, to have your team geared, you already don't have a great defense. Uh, and then, you know, every offense that we see that has been – as special as KC's, the more tape we have on them, the more we know how to play these guys, the less their production is. They was just as explosive, if not more explosive. Yeah. So, 
Um, this is the third year that Kansas City will host the divisional playoff game at their building. That's never been done before. Um, and I, they have a pedigree for winning. And I think Andy Reid should be uh, in contention for Coach of the Year. I don't think he's going to get it just because, like you said, you know, you got um, you got uh, Brian Phillips who, who, you know, turned the Dolphins over pretty much. You know, it's hard It's hard to overlook the Cinderella story, but I think Andy Reid should get a little bit more love. And I definitely can't disagree with that. It's, it's the same thing. Like you say, we've, we've gotten there so quickly with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it, three years now? Yeah. We've gotten mm-hmm. there so quickly. That's a place that we lived with Tom Brady and yeah. Bill Belichick for all those years, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely <laughs> see the Andy Reid thing. Yeah. Uh, takes me to my next one, uh, MVP. Um, I'm more than sure you know everybody that's in the running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I told you, I told you last week, like I hate for this to even be who I feel like wins MVP because I've never been a serious fan of him, but I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Is yeah. is it's impossible? I mean, not impossible because Patrick Mahomes went out there and he did his thing. But for Aaron Rodgers to still be playing at the level that he's playing at, what did he finish with? I because I don't know what he had last week. But I know going into last week, it was like 37 <laughs> touchdowns and four interceptions. Because I want to say he had Pat beat in the interceptions by a couple. And I think it was more than that going into. Touchdowns and interceptions. Touchdowns. Yeah, so, so, but I know he had four interceptions. And I know he was right around that 40 mark yeah. uh, when it came to touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, that's not even including what he did this past week. Yeah, the dude hasn't he he hasn't lost anything. Like we've Man, had all this real. talk about how the talent around him hasn't been that great for years, and how mm-hmm. his offensive line hasn't been that great. Man, the dude's still showing up. He's still yeah. playing amazing football, and Patrick Mahomes is right there with him. But mm-hmm. it's, to me, honestly, it's just more impressive that Aaron Rodgers at his age is still doing mm-hmm. that. And this is one that we agree on. I got Rodgers uh, at MVP, too. I don't know why I think he has 48 touchdowns, Sid. I think it's 48. I think he ended the year. It might yeah, be. Because, because yeah. I know for sure that he has more touchdowns than the punter had has t- had, had attempts to punt this year. I think I, the punter. I saw that earlier, I yeah. think. So I think he finished with 48, and the punter had 46 uh, punts this year. Uh, but he only had a handful of interceptions. It was like yeah. six, uh, nine interceptions or something like that, which is ridiculous. And like we spoke about earlier this year, he has yeah, yet he to throw. He has. He still has yet to throw a hundred interceptions on his career. That's yeah. just how careful he is with the football. Uh, so he finished top six or seven in uh, in yards. Uh, he finished first in touchdowns. Um, he won thirteen games this year. 14 or 13? I think 13. 13. We won they what, won th- 12? No, he won. Yeah, we won 12. They won 13. We won 12, so they he, won 13, yep. He, and he won 13 games last year as well, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it's simply Evan Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got Rodgers. And, um, and we talked about this outside of the show. Uh, if Alvin Kamara, if Drew Brees didn't miss games, I think Alvin, McCar- Alvin Kamara would have ended up winning MVP. Or absolutely having, um, he absolutely would have finished second. He would have won Offensive Player of the Year. And he would have finished second in in MVP voting. He's the only player this, the only non-quarterback this year to finish with twenty plus touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's with him missing last week's game. And then, mm-hmm. like I say, the the Drew Brees games, which he ended up missing, what five? He missed five again this five year. And mm-hmm. those five games that hurt that hurt Alvin Kamara's uh, touches and his ability to to really affect the game because mm-hmm. of the team that they were running with Taysom Hill. So if you're right. telling me that Drew Brees plays a full season, even though even without Drew Brees playing a full a uh, full season, Kamara had over fifteen hundred plus yards and twenty plus touchdowns. So yeah. just imagine what it would have been. If he didn't miss the last game of the season and Drew Brees didn't miss five in the middle of the season, I, I got you. Like it really. been a historic, a more of a historical season than what it already was for him. I got you. I can see that. Um, offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. 
Yeah, uh, um, Jeff, um, Justin Jefferson definitely uh, played very, very like he was the best receiver out of that draft class this year, mm-hmm. and he put up a great season. But Justin Herbert is the quarterback. Like it, it usually comes down to who's the quarterback. And mm-hmm. if I look at it and say their seasons were comparable, you give it to the quarterback. So Justin Herbert. And you know what? I have it two one and two, but I got it the other way around. Okay. Uh, I like I like Justin Jefferson. Uh, the season he had at the receiver position a little bit more than I. And you know how I feel about Justin Herbert the year he's had. Yeah. But at the receiver position, because Kirk Cousins isn't like a great quarterback, mm-hmm. and I think Jefferson finished with eighty eight catches. Don't quote me. I think he had eighty eight eighty eight catches, fourteen hundred yards, even. And I want to say eight or nine touchdowns. Yeah, that's a hell of a year for. Him. I know he broke Randy Moss of uh, uh, rookie. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he had a great year, man, and he was matched up against some pretty good corners. It got to the point where he was drawing the number one corner, uh, but he he got quiet during the last couple games of mm-hmm. the year, which yeah. which really hurt him. Because if not, man, he I mean he would have had a monster year. Which he still had a monster year, but it really would have been you know something special. To, yeah. uh, to see from him. But uh, if they give it to Justin Herbert, I wouldn't be mad. It's just, I, you know, personal opinion, I'm, I'm going Jefferson. Yeah, I got you. And like I said, they're definitely one and two in this conversation. Yeah. Whichever way you're yeah. going to look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all that I have said. Is there anything else that you have to cover for this uh, past week? Um, Nope, that is it for this week. Uh, We did um do uh, an episode yesterday on the NBA. Yes, we invited yes, in a guest. Yeah, we invited in a guest, and we did a thirty-minute uh, NBA episode that we will be putting out um, outside of this episode here this week. So definitely be looking, uh, looking for that. Yep, it was a great episode. Uh, all B ball talk. Uh, great guest, my boy Tony. Uh, he stopped by, dropped some, uh, dropped some knowledge on us, and we appreciate him for it. So uh, until next episode, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Stay safe and enjoy football this weekend.